Damnation pod, your source for gaming, sports, anime news, and so much more. As always, I am the anime watching, the booty knife gang repping John Cena's bestie, the Shaq Daddy himself, Ryan Green Machine Ebder, and today is a sports podcast we're doing it on thursday here december 21st a little bit different than the wednesday one so we'll, we'll get into all that um we had a bunch of other podcasts come out that i'll get into when i get through all the rigmarole but first and foremost it is christmas weekend very excited it's also weird so i think last year we just i don't think we did a show for like the last two weeks of the year because the way it worked but because christmas is on a monday and like new year's day is on a monday it's like whatever dude we just keep doing business as usual you know what i mean like business as usual we don't get pto here dude you don't get that shit no i think i had that conversation with mike mike keeps thinking he's getting a bigger bonus and i was like i, I don't think anybody gets a bonus dude i think we just yeah. no so he actually had to record seven webisodes to get the bonus so he's just fuck out of luck and he only got like three he only got like three in a year wow three in a year yeah wow. we literally were six months apart from the last one so like nah i mean you know a lot of time in there to fit him in but i will say credit to mike he did say he would like to do it weekly again as because now he has tuesdays off so tuesday might be webisode days we're gonna see how that goes uh we'll see if i can do weekly we're gonna find out um but joining me today from north carolina brendan bk kennerly bk how are you sir good thank you guys for delaying a little bit you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know life uh but you know what i'm gonna say shout out to p2 i miss you know, I haven't potted with him in a while. I haven't seen his beautiful face in a while. This man just gets more handsome every time I podcast with him. I don't know how he does it. He's just staying young, hip with it. Yeah, I know he might be 30. He might have a bad knee. Looks great. Looks great. You might call him, you know, he's best-looking guy on the pot. Let's just say it. Wow. Okay. Wow. Pulled. Wow. I mean, all right. Cool. Fine. It's, I mean, I would have given it to Dan, but he just doesn't. he's not on the show, so you're right. I I don't I don't even remember what Dan looks like. Well, <laughs> he's so much different now, you know. But he's just so handsome, so cute. Mm. Pete too, though. Pete is pretty cute. Um, speaking of that cutie, Pete, how are you, sir? Well, I'm great now. Um, I, I didn't think that uh, someone's going to be saying that about me on this podcast. So, uh, BK, I don't know what you're drinking tonight. I don't know if there's some stuff in there that's uh, making you say some crazy stuff. But it's really nice of you. I will definitely take the compliment. Um, but no, man, I'm doing great. Um, it's right before Christmas here. Cannot complain. You know, holidays right around the corner. Um, so yeah, I'm all jolly. I'm all jolly. I know you got your Packer Santa hat on. You got your Christmas sw- gambling sweater on. I love the vibes. Yeah. Ready to go. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so before we get into all the sporting news, as always, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's at AmNationPod. Hit the follow button on all of those. Listen to the podcast on podcast services such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search Amalgamation Nation. We've got a gaming show out right now. BK and I did. Beautiful. You could say there was some sports sprinkled in there as well, right? You know what I mean? Had had to do it. We have a Weebisode out. Which is obviously what everybody's excited for. It's out. Mike and I did a weep, so it's a great time. Uh, and then we'll have this one out. You can also watch or uh, listen to the Grace by Rain podcast. I joined Elaine, friend of the show, to do talk Christmas stuff. So that was cool. Get you right in the season as you're probably finishing some last minute shopping, wrapping gifts. You know how it goes. Uh, also, twitch.tv slash Black Bulls, where you find David. Give him a follow and a sub. 
Um, if you have Amazon Prime, you do get a free Twitch gaming sub a month. So give it to Undead Black. Well, I think right now he's playing some video games right now, trying to like boost up his numbers here before we take our vote for the game of the year. AM Nation Pod game of the year. You know what I mean? Respect. I get it. Grind your, get your time in. You know what I mean? Get your time in. Uh, and of course, you can help support the show at no extra cost by using the Epic Games content creator code AM Nation Pod. So when you're playing Fortnite and you're doing all the cool new modes in there, use that code AM Nation Pod and help support the show at no extra cost to you. Now, I don't remember if we talked about this during the Webisode live or we did it like before and after, but Mike was talking about because like Junior didn't join us for the Webisode. He's playing Fortnite. So Mike was, I was like, I mean, these fuckers better be using the code, dude. And Mike's like, yeah, you know what? You better call them out. They better be using the code if they're playing. So yeah, hopefully Junior are using the code. Um, yeah, there you go. That's how it helps support the show. Let's get into some news and let's start with a little bit of NBA news. First off, I want to start here. BK, are the Wiz looking to move, dude, out of DC? Yeah. So Leonsis, Ted Leonsis, he owns the Wizards and the Capitals and Monumental Sports Network. That's kind of like the whole enterprise that oversees everything. Um, yeah, he's talking about moving to Alexandria, where I was born. Shout out to Alexandria. On the other, but like Alexandria is like way grown up for him. Like I was there. Um, it's north, like a lot of hip kids in the area. Like they don't even call it like Northern Virginia. It's called Nova. You always go, oh, where you live? Where you from? Nova. It's like, oh, okay, you're really hipster. Um, but it is potentially a big deal. Uh, the Wiz have a lease there. Well, actually, not the Wiz. Like, I just, Leonsis, Ted Leonsis has, like, a lease there. He can get it. It's, like, until 2047. But he can get out in 2027, uh, paying, like, a $36 million, essentially, like, fine for getting out early. He's been going back and forth with uh, Washington, D.C., just about essentially like the pay he pays like a lot essentially to keep the team there he's paying like i think it's like 19 20 million a year like just like just just to use the site because he, he owns the building he just doesn't own the ground beneath it like so the district owns that um it would be a huge huge move because like i said the metro runs right underneath that sucker it's been designed where like you, you just go up the escalators and you are you're right there um but uh Leonsis and glenn youngkin the Governor for Virginia have been working out a plan. Seventy acres, seventy in Alexandria. That is prime time. Like right there, right off Route One, which runs parallel with ninety five. They just put in a metro stop the other year. So if this happens, it's com- this is a huge, huge move. They're talking about adding like a concert venue there, a performing arts venue. I see something about Virginia Tech having something there, which doesn't make any sense because they're all the way in Blacksburg, but which is like the western part of Virginia, just for you Midwesterners out there. Um, this is just a a big, big, big move. Um, D.C.'s mayor the other day came out with a proposal like, hey, we're going to give you $500 now to, uh, to help renovate the arena, Capital One Arena. That's overall part of a package of $800 million, like you know, spread out over a few years. Um, Leontis originally asked for $600 million. So there's definitely some posturing on both sides, but... I think the trendy thing you're seeing in sports right now is really getting out of the cities. It's just happening. And at least at least moving to an area where you can really develop the surrounding businesses because those yeah. owners want to just get even more rich and they want to stake in all the businesses around it that they're that they're essentially propping up because you know ultimately the owners are because those businesses depend purely on their business so the owners want essentially that 
they want to cut the cake. So that's that's all it is. And you're seeing this trend. I mean, the Bears are potentially talking about it. moving to Arlington Heights. Uh, I mean, shoot, who did, the Atlanta Braves and you know they did all this recently. So I don't see this trend going anywhere. Um, but I don't know how you guys feel about it. But this is. I would probably care more if I cared more about the Wiz. I care about the Caps, and so, like, you know, that does affect me a little bit. But honestly, shorter trip for me coming up from North Carolina, so it's honestly great. Like, I don't have to reach D.C. I save time. I think getting out of D.C. is always a good move. Um, so I just I just think that makes the most sense for the the Caps and the, the Wiz. So um, that'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. And the thing with the Bears uh, – they also had this weird thing where they were like wanted to take some of the lakefront property and just build there, which is basically like the parking lot where Soldier Field is and like do that. And then the city had to hit them with a like, well, you can't because it's like a national like, you know, it's like a, a landmark thing. They can't like you can't build right there. So the Bears are like, oh, and it's like I don't understand this game that the Bears are playing after buying the, the property for Arlington Heights. Um, so like if the Bears do fuck that up and they stay in Chicago, I'll probably be a little pissed off. I'm not going to lie. I, because I just want one of my teams to be able to do that. Like the bulls are not going to be able to do that. Right. They're at the United center. Same with the Hawks. Like it's just not going to happen. They did get a really cool sports fan duel sports book inside the United center. So it's two stories. So like we got that. That's pretty cool. Um, the white Sox, if that were to happen, I just feel like it would be because they left the state. So like that wouldn't be cool. Uh, I mean, the Cubs were the closest being able to do that because they owned already so much of that property that they bought. So they were able to do that. And their setup is, is fine, um, especially for the, the area that you're in. You can't do like a full like I love the way that teams like the Cleveland Guardians, teams like the Cincinnati Reds, teams like um, nah, not the Brewers, but like even like Atlanta with their district and stuff that they're doing. I like that shit. I like when you go to a game and you have that whole little area and it's all a bunch of bars and entertainment things. And like, that's great. Like that just brings to the, it, it adds more to the experience of going to the games. Um, and the bears like my last ditch hope to probably do that. So that would be really cool if they could. Um, PG, have anything on that? Um, no, I mean, the only thing I was going to add is like, yeah, I mean, the reason why all these owners are doing this is because you have a 20, you know, it's basically a 12 month revenue stream. The way you can have, um, you know, BK, you mentioned like different concerts. You're going to have like a concert venue there. Um, that's what this is. That's a hundred percent what this is. And it's, you know, like that reoccurring thing. I mean, like Green Bay, like as small as like Green Bay is like, they have this like title town area uh, that's built up around Green Bay where you can go there 365 days a year. And it's some kind of entertainment that's going to be there. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is what new owners are doing and, and it makes sense. And also, I mean, I think the allure of like going downtown for like these sporting events, I just feel like nowadays, like people are just pissed off and they just don't want to do that. They don't want to deal with the traffic. They don't want to deal with all this other stuff. Like mm -hmm. if you have it out at this like far out kind of area where it's something separate, so you have to deal with other like downtown stuff at the same time, they're all about it. So, and I don't think like people care as much, you know, when it comes to, oh, we got to go downtown for this game or whatever. I mean, they're going to go where their team is. So that's that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so cool other NBA things. The NBA in-season tournament did ratings 
and ticket sales go up. These numbers, by the way, are from prior to the semifinals games, but the numbers were good. Uh, roughly 2 million people tuned into a national TV uh game for a tournament game uh, between Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors, which is a 93% increase uh, over a game in, quote, comparable window last season. Um, they also had a really big numbers uh, for the Warriors and Suns back in the towards the end of November, right around Thanksgiving time. Uh, and the Boston Celtics and the Bucks, one of their games, had a really high number as well. Tournament games on ESPN and TNT averaged 1.5 million viewers, which is a 26% increase from games played during the same time last year. And local broadcast games are also up 20% from last November, the NBA said. Uh, now, ticket price-wise, ticket prices have been basically the same um, because they, they're still charging the regular, like, regular season price. I think... Um, they started to go up more for the semifinals, but even then, like, it really wasn't that big of, a, of an increase. Um, so that's that's super interesting. And listen, I think Pete and I talked about the tournament a week ago and even the week before that. They're like, success for the NBA, dude. Success for them. I love that the Lakers put up their banner right next to all their regular championship banners. Good for them. You know what I mean? Cool on you. Uh, but I do think, all in all, it is a, is, is a success for the NBA. For sure. Uh, uh, so no, I didn't know if anybody yeah, wanted to add anything to that. There I'll you go. go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go on this. Um, no, I mean, it definitely was. It definitely was. Uh, the whole banner thing, I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I feel like they would st still should acknowledge it, but I just don't know about the banner in terms of, like, is this the best thing for it? Um, just because, like, I feel like there's so much more that goes into an NBA championship than, than an in-season tournament. Um, they should recognize it, but I don't know what, I don't have the solution. So I don't really have the best answer on that, but no, I mean, this was good for the NBA. I mean, it has us talking about the NBA, um, before Christmas. Cause we always make that joke that it's well, like you know, that, Christmas and or it didn't start till Christmas. So. Yeah. That's a great point. Before, before I pass it to PK back to you, Pete, like the championship game between LA and the Pacers, uh, was the most watched non-Christmas regular season game that the NBA has had on any network in nearly six years. Uh, the wow. game averaged 4.58 million viewers on ABC and ESPN2. The game peaked at about 5.68 million viewers, which is up 46% from last season, last year's season opener. The normal broadcast uh, on of the game aired on ABC, while an alternate broadcast uh, with comedian Kevin Hart aired on ESPN2. Um, yeah, BK, like, big numbers for the NBA, dude. Yeah, I mean, like, shout out to him. It, it did get me to watch. I've watched zero NBA this year. I've watched more like college basketball and NHL. I just shouldn't just surprise people based on the past few years how I felt. Yeah, dial that um, podcast feedback. You'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, like, you know, glad it's working for the initially here. I want to see how this continues going forward because it was still very much the uh, shiny new toy. Like, oh, okay, here's something new. I'll check it out. But like, does it really have the staying power? So I want to know if there's like a sophomore slump or whatnot, or like what changes they make to it, like going forward. Like, because like I'm still not convinced to really watch. Like honestly, like in in like so, Peter who P2 knows, like you know he's he's still like a big like went to a Hornets fan went to a Hornets game the other day, like tortured himself by going to it, and like he didn't even watch any of the in season tournament. He's like I just don't care. So like. They're getting people to watch, which is like great. And I know League Pass subscribers are up like crazy. They they 
like there's a huge discount on it right now too. So like, I they are getting people to watch. I guess like where it's like, I I want them to bring me back into the fold. I just need a I need a good reason, and I just they haven't given it to me yet. Like I want to watch the NBA. I think, but it's shit. So I, I just don't I, want to. <laughs> I think Pete and I had this point where it was like, if the Bulls were like competitive during that tournament. We're probably way more inclined to watch, right? Or like it's the same yeah. with you. Like if the Wizards are like competitive in that tournament, all of a sudden you're like, okay, like let me check this shit out, right? Now for me, I just personally would throw on a game because I was like, I got nothing else going on. I need something on in the background. I'm like, I'm watching. I'm like, oh shit, dude! Like these guys are actually playing kind of hard, and we're in November. Like this is kind of weird. Like, LeBron played a lot of minutes for that Lakers team. Like, he wanted this so bad. And I was like, dude, shout out to you at, like, 39 years old, 38 years old, like, going hard for an in-season tournament like that. But you're right. Like, it's going to be really interesting to see what this does moving forward for the NBA. Um, but, yeah, I mean, positive direction at least to get us get people talking and people watching an NBA season game, as Pete said, before Christmas. Because, like, otherwise we don't do that. We don't do that around here. Speaking of the Bulls, Bulls are back. Still won't. Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, hey, Bulls are back though. That's great. Good yeah. for y'all. Seven and three in the last ten. We beat the in-season tournament champion Lakers. Get fucked, dude. Let's go, Bulls. See red. Who needs Zach Levine? Get him out of here. Hang the banner. Hang the banner. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yep. Oh, dude. Okay. So all right. Well, I'll let P two because you you. You felt a certain way about the Lakers hanging the banner next to yeah. the championship. How would you feel if the Bulls hung it next to the Jordan championships? I'd hate it. I'd hate it. It's not a real title. It's not a real title. Like, it's just not. It. I mean, it's like, that's like basically, and I think, Ryan, we talked about this. Like, it's literally the college basketball, like, like tournaments that they have, like the Maui you know, yeah. this, Jimmy B class. That's like them putting like some kind of title. Like imagine if like Carolina or Duke had like a Jimmy B classic champion, like right next to their like NCAA, like, like next to coach K's titles. Like what? Like, what are we doing here? Like we, okay. We should acknowledge it with something. Yes. Let's just get him a trophy or whatever it is. I don't know. Some kind of little thing. We don't need a banner. Like, do we really need a, uh, I don't know. I don't. I didn't know I felt this obsessive about the banner, but I just don't like it. I just don't. Well, no, like it. I'm I'm with you just because it's maybe because it's the first year, and if this thing you know continues and takes off like ten years down the line, maybe it, it becomes more normalized at 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 that point. But yeah, like right now, it's just it just feels icky. Yeah, it, it, it it's just like ah, and it's and look, it's on. It's it's the Lakers. It's like if it was like the Pacers. You know, like, hey, yeah. they don't have a lot of ships. I don't think they have any. <laughs> so, like, if they would have put up the banner, you would have been like, you know what? You get that one. That yeah. You know what? That, fine. You get the pass because you're the Pacers. But it's like, this was the Lakers. It's like, y'all got enough shit hanging up. We don't give a fuck. That's true. And, like, ima- imagine if those fuckers repeat. Lakers fans are already the worst. Because, like, they're already Yankees fans. They're already... Manchester United fans, cowboy like, fans. fans of Saudi Arabia, like fucking awful. Like if they repeat, fucking awful. And then 
And I think you posted Ryan, or maybe it was P2. It was like, I was like, oh yeah, look, LeBron, he's got this over Jordan. No, he sees a tournament. It's like, Ugh. he does. And like, I watch, I watch English soccer, and there, there are in-season tournaments, but they're just like completely different because they're not regular season games, and they've actually been around longer than the domestic leagues. Like the FA Cup, it's been around longer than all the domestic leagues in England. Yeah. It's it's the biggest one. Even like the police get together. All of like the police in the United Kingdom get together and they put them together their best squad and they enter the FA Cup. And so like that's the difference too. Is that all so like this in season in season term would be cooler if like you literally had like some of the G League teams competing and like the best college teams because that's like what the real like if you're thinking about like what the clubs are for like analogous for soccer leagues abroad that's what they're literally doing is because like all the leagues are competing it's not just like the top tier so it's like literally like it's just i don't know it's it's a, it's a lot of dick sucking of the same people up top and i'm like i you're all just fucking each other anyways i don't care it was cool that the pacers got in there i was excited for that i was excited for tyrus halliburton going off kind of having a moment there um that was really cool yeah it was cool because it reminded me that the bulls put pep took patrick williams over tyrus halliburton that was really cool. Stud. Yeah, I love that feeling that it gave me. Um, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, that's enough NBA talk for December 21st. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We got like, a good like week until I really get invested. Uh, but college football, I do want to mention, Chip Kelly had this thought, thought, and it went viral, as he explained like how college football is just its own thing. Right. And how he talked about the separation. He's like, there's really no reason why, you know, UCLA's basketball team should be playing in the Big Ten, like against like Illinois or something or like, you know, USC's, you know, these they should be playing each other in like volleyball, softball, basketball, all these things. And he made the the thing that the, he, he said that they should split in the conferences, uh, should split from conferences and make an independent 64 power five conference and a 64 team group of five conference while maintaining regionally regionality um now i've seen some people like oh i'm bored for that they're like that's so cool so dope i know greg McElroy, former quarterback of alabama did not like it uh as you mentioned like conferences are kind of what makes it but like at the same time conferences are also kind of going away like what we loved about conferences are going away like it's not the same as it was right as we as was mentioned by chip kelly as he talks about like all these pac 12 teams going into like the big 10 or the big 12 or wherever like really isn't you know what i mean so i got i'll start with you pete like your thoughts on chip kelly's uh whole football is a separate thing and like his idea i think it's an interesting take um i think it's an interesting idea um it is funny because like we think of college sports and like yes we think of like college football and it College football is basically kind of like separate almost mm -hmm. than any other sports. I mean, that's the money driver for most of these universities. So um, I think it's something that maybe we should honestly look into. Um, and in terms of like the conferences and Greg McElroy just like not being, you know, happy or like, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, we're going to lose the allure of the conferences. We already have like those. That's already gone. I mean, with. Oregon and Washington being in the Big Ten is absolutely wild. Um, so the whole conferences thing is like gone. The big thing that I like about conferences was all the rivalries. If you can like schedule this where you keep the rivalries, that's fine with me. Like let's do the 64, let's do the 64 power five, non-power five, 
let's do something like that. But then when you keep like your set two or three games with your normal rivals, that's what you do. And then you kind of figure it out from there. Um, I know he kind of went into like, you know, like you would have like different groups, how like in the NFL where, you know, like each comp or each division plays another division. So like this year, like with, um, with like for the Packers, like they're playing all the NFC South, you know, they play the NFC South this year and then whatever next year doing something like that. I think it's a unique idea. Um, I'm not sure how to go with that, but as long as you can keep your rivalry games, that's the best part of college football, the rivalry games. Keep those, and you still have that allure of that kind of conference thing. I mean, it's not like it's not like we watch a big or we watch a conference game. We're like, yes, what great ACC football or great Big Ten football. No, we we like the teams in like that are playing in this, and we like the rivalry. I think, I mean, that's my opinion. I think that's what I like about college football. BK. I couldn't agree with P2 more. Sorry. Cat. All right. Come on, Biggs. All right. Biggs too. Yeah, he does. He does agree. Um, No, rivals, rivalries are what make, you know, college football, like what it is, especially those regional rivalries. It's like, it's like when Illinois plays like Northwestern, like, oh, okay. Like, like I said, you, you have more of a stake in it. Like you probably have family. Like it's, it's still in that region. And that's why I always said like, yeah, it might be cool for USC to come up, play Illinois for a year. Like, because those pretty boys can't play in the cold. And I get it. They're all pretty boys. They suck. Like, they're all going to be wearing full thermals, and it's like 50 degrees out. And they're like, it's so cold. And it's like, it's not. You're just a pussy. I get it. I get it. Like, I want to see that, like, maybe once, too. But do I want to see that every year? No. And that's and that's why I stopped watching college football as much this year is because – I don't like the direction it's going. I don't like the the, the transfer portal. I'm a, it's gone too far, and the NIL has gone too far. It's just like if you're if if you're if you're an ECU, if you're in Ohio, like it's like you you don't really have a chance now of ever reaching the upper echelon. Like you you sniffed a chance like in the '90s, maybe 2000s, but then all the big wigs got together, they changed that, and so. P2 Gabron, great point with football because like football is the money maker and football works out travel wise because like, hey you're traveling once a week you can get away with it but it's like with with basketball volleyball baseball all these things where you're playing multiple games in a week yep. you can't justify that travel at all so I'm mean, honestly like I, I I would just completely blow up everything if it were me like I I, I like having the one like almost the commissioner of college football. I think that's great. And I think that needs to happen, but like, I would love to see things go back. Like I would like to see a, like a pack 12 again, because you know, I'm already missing it, I guess. Cause it did go out with a bang here. It mm-hmm. did go out well, but I don't know. Like in Florida state held an emergency meeting today to discuss their sporting future. So, cause they're blaming the ACC for not getting in there, which is like, that's a whole nother wrinkle. Like, so, I don't know. Like, and if, if, if it's one big power uh, conference that, like, Peach saying, I tuning out, not watching. Like, I'll watch, I'll watch Ohio, because I do. Like, if Ohio's on, I will watch them, because I love that guy there. And, like, action, baby. You know, yeah. And, like, ECU's on, yeah. And then, like, yeah. like I said, like, Georgia Southern, where my sister went, you know, they got their ass kicked. They got their shit kicked in by Ohio. Oh, but, like, 
Okay, but, PK, that's but I, but I, why you picked him. Okay, now I'm getting it. That yeah. Makes sense. That makes yeah. Sense. And so, like, <laughs> I watched Georgia Southern because, you know, sister went there. And then I watched App Stakes the you know, parents went there. Like, because I have stakes in there, in that. And it's, I'll, I, like I said, I'll just check out. And, like, I, I just won't be part of that on the podcast anymore, just like the NBA segments. I'll be like, this isn't for me anymore. It's just the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting where it's heading. I do like the idea of a central commissioner of college football. Um, I think it needs something. BK mentioned a great point about the NL, NIL's gotten out of control. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the stat this week that came out like yesterday that Archie Manning, the second string for Texas, uh, made like $4.3 million in NIL money. Like, wild, dude. Wild. You know what I mean? Spencer so. Rattler is a top 10 NIL recipient. I think, and I'm going to go, I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. You go. Like, no, no, you're good. I, go ahead. I, I was just bringing up the point about Archie Manning. It, it's stupid. I think, mm-hmm. like, I'll sit here and say, and I think I've said on this podcast, is that we really put these high schoolers up on way too much of a pedestal, like, when they're going into college football. And it's like, life comes at you fast. Literally look at Spencer Rattler. He was number one guy coming out. He got beat out by Caleb Williams. Like, Caleb Williams made him look like yesterday's news. Like, yeah. Caleb Williams, like he, Caleb Williams embarrassed Spencer Rattler so bad he had to transfer to South Carolina, and it just it didn't get any better. But the NIL, I think we were like, hey, you know what? It's okay for college athletes to get paid. None of us were. I don't think anyone was against that. You know, right. it was like, hey, like you are getting a lot of scholarship money, so don't pretend like you're, you know, you're like you're poor and you're getting all these stipends. Like you're you're not starving. <laughs> you're not a starving college kid. Right. But like, yes, they should get paid. But I think we were thinking, at least I was, is like, okay, maybe like it's these, the top tier guys that are really gonna like, guys and gals, they're gonna make money, and it's like, okay, that's okay, like yeah, I mean, they're profiting off like right before they go to the NFL. But we're not seeing that. We're seeing every. It's it's like it's not it's not even good players. Like, and I'm sorry, Archie Manning is not good yet in the in the college football. He's not. He hasn't proven anything. I almost want him to fail now just because he's making so much and he hasn't proved a lick of anything. He hasn't. Why is he getting this money? He hasn't done shit. And that's what frustrates me. It's like when we didn't have the rookie pay scale in the NFL and the veterans were getting pissed off. And so were the owners. Just, you know, say it was it was everybody, honestly, because they were like, hey, like fucking Sam Bradford. Why is he signing a 60? It was like 60, 65 million dollar contract. He hasn't played a single down in the NFL. Like, no. Bullshit. Veterans are like, that's garbage. And owners are like, hey, mm. you're right. Like, put the scale. I would love to see an NIL scale. And honestly, if you take NIL money to transfer, I don't think you should be able to transfer a year or something. There has to be rules in that. Because you're seeing guys yeah. just transfer like, yep, I'm just going to transfer yep. so I can get more NIL money. And then they do turn around and do it again. The yep. system was not meant to be this way. Like, I do- it, it wasn't. I do Ugh. think that they, that's a system that's going to continue to be worked and, like, messed with yeah. over time, right? Like, it, we're still pretty fresh into the NIL thing. Um, you know, uh, Dylan Gabriel, right, he just went to Nebraska wild, right? Uh, or no, what's his name? Uh, Dil- uh, Rayola. No, did, no, Rayola. Dylan Gabriel went to uh, – Yeah. yeah. Did, Dylan Gabriel went to uh, Oregon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but there we go. He's, he's another, like – he's going to be, like, 25, 26 going into the NFL. He's, he played at UCF. For a while, yeah, I think Essentially, Oregon just got another Bo Nix. A big, a big thing with that though, like right now, is obviously COVID and everything had a huge effect on that. So like a lot of players because they get the extra the years because of that. So 
that's where we're at. But yeah, I think the NIL stuff, it, it will continue to adjust. And eventually college football is going to figure it out because the NCAA is going to figure it out because eventually these teams are going to be like, dude, this is ridiculous. Like we can't keep paying this much money to guys that like, you know, that they have played or whatever. Right. So I think that will adjust itself out here at, uh, at some point for sure, for sure. <clears throat> um, all right, let's do it. Let's get to the NFL, the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Let's start with Thursday night. My God, it was happening, unfolding between before myself and BK's eyes as we were doing a gaming show on Thursday. The Raiders, who got held out, held scoreless the week prior to the Minnesota Vikings, scored sixty-three points on the LA Chargers. That Chargers team quit on Brandon Staley, and in turn, the Chargers organization fired. Brandon Staley. Finally, uh, that felt like a long time coming. Should have been done. GM, longtime GM as well, fired um, as well. Pete, I'll start with you. What a day. Brandon Staley, finally gone in LA. Finally gone. No, it was crazy. So this is the day I was driving. Well, Molly and I were driving back to Illinois because um, mm-hmm. my, uh, my dad's side had a Christmas party this past weekend. So we were just driving. So, or I was driving and I had Molly give me an update of the score. And I saw it was like 28 nothing. And this, nobody cares about my fantasy team. But, so I was facing off against Devontae because that's who Chris had in our, in our uh, league. And I was like, oh, they're up 28 nothing. They're probably just going to coast it the rest of the way. No, we, I get back to my parents' house. It's like 56 to whatever it was. And like Devontae has a touchdown, they go off. Like, oh my God, this is this is bad for Brandon Staley. I mean, and like, I don't know what this team would have looked like if Herbert didn't get hurt. Like, if they would have put forth, you would hope a little bit more effort. But yes, you, I mean, you nailed it, Ryan. I mean, this team basically gave up, hundred percent gave up. I mean, they got flat out embarrassed on like primetime TV. Um, against the Raiders. I mean, shout out to the Raiders. They did absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, literally everyone went off in that game. Um, and shout out to BK picking up the Raiders defense. That was, you know, like what an incredible move. Who would have known? Easton Stick would really not do well. Who would have thought? Um, but yeah, that Chargers team looked terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, I've been saying it for months. I've, I feel bad for saying it, but I thought Brandon State was going to get fired. He wasn't the first one, but he was going to go. He was going to go. BK, same boat here. Brandon Staley fired. It was it was about time. Yeah, I think it was just a a long time coming. Um, it's going to be. I I want to see what they do next because you have to bring in a head coach and you have to bring in a GM, and that is. That is a tall task to do because, like, if you already have an established GM there, they can kind of, they're probably going to have some stake in the meeting and everything. And you're probably going to try to hire a guy where they're going to jive a little bit. You know, there's going to be a camaraderie with the head coach because you kind of need both of them on the same page looking for certain players to fit the system and, and just communication, open communication. But when you have to hire both, that's a lot of work. You're putting two unknown pieces together and kind of hoping that there is some kind of connection. So 
I would hope they would hire a GM first. Sorry. But, but Bears did that too, dude. Don't worry about it, bro. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's worked out just fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but oh. uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to. I, I, I hate laughing on the podcast sometimes. So I'm sorry. I don't want to help. Um, <laughs> It's so this is it's going to be really interesting, and then also as well as like Herbert, like, oh yeah, what are they gonna? Is he gonna have any input? I don't know. Like, are they gonna go for an offensively minded coach? Are they gonna say, hey, we need to get this defense sorted out because there's a lot of first round picks on there and a lot of money tied down? Do this go ahead and get a D coach and then say, and the D coach is like, I'm just gonna try to pay the pay the most money to the best offensive mind I know, and then do that, which is like that could be a good plan of attack so there's a lot of different ways they could go um it's interesting i i, I haven't heard any names floated yet which is kind of crazy i did have y'all yep yep did today jim harbaugh big name popping up big name big reports coming out that it's jim harbaugh and the chargers have had talks already um harbaugh already getting another thing coming at him about covid protocol as well so uh we're gonna see how this thing ends in michigan guys we are going to see. And if I, as a Bears fan, have to watch Jim Harbaugh go coach the Chargers and we get we keep Eberflus around, I might staple my nuts together because I just can't <laughs> fucking deal with the pain that that, like, my God, dude, just the anger I would feel. And I can already sense the building pressure and tension of Bears Twitter just, like, getting ready to overflow at that point if that happens. So, uh yeah, Jim Harbaugh is a name. We know the Bill Belichick name continues to be thrown around as well. Um, I'm so interested because, like you said, you uh, to me, like if it's my organization, my team, and I just paid all this money to Justin Herbert, who is also good, I would like some input from Justin Herbert. Now, roles reversed, if I was the Jets, I probably wouldn't have a lot of Rodgers inputs because a lot of his guys didn't look that good this year that he brought in. So... A little bit different in that sense, but if I'm her, if I'm coming in, I'm gonna definitely have Herbert, who's like twenty something years old, my young star quarterback, be like, "So what do you think, dude? Like, what do you think needs to happen here? Because this is just bad." But you're right; there's a lot of picks and money tied up in that defense, so they need to figure that out. We'll see. We will see. Since he wins a tight one versus Minnesota, um, this has been really cool for Cincinnati, right? Like how they've how they've played without Joe Joey. Brr. They've been pretty, pretty solid. T. Higgins, maybe the catch of the year. Nuts. Wild. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, I was super, super pumped for the for the Bengals to beat the Minnesota Vikings. Why? Because fuck Minnesota. You know what I mean? And it also kept the Bears playoff hopes alive for a split second until the Bears shit the bed of themselves on Sunday. But that's okay. We'll get to that in a little bit. But it did. Keep the sliver of hope alive just a little bit. So that was cool. It was good. Uh, I, I like Saturday football. You know what I mean? Let me be real honest with you. Big fan of Saturday NFL football. I just It feels good. Maybe because of college football, that's why I feel so natural. Maybe that's what yeah. it is. But that's what it is. Love it. Love it. Yep. Yep. And it was funny. I was watching this game um, with my nephew, and he wanted – who did he want to win? I think he, he, he thought Minnesota was going to win. So he was, you know, thinking Minnesota was going to win. And I was cheering for Cincinnati. And then, like, Ty Chandler, like, had a good run. And then I was like, oh, nice. That's awesome. And he's like, wait, I thought you wanted the Bengals to win. I was like, I do. 
but I need Ty Chandler to do really well in fantasy football. So that's why I was teaching a little bit of fantasy. Like, I want that guy to do well, rest of the team to stink. That's what I want to have happen. That guy do well, though. So I was teaching my nephew some fantasy <laughs> football this weekend. So that was that was my takeaway from that game was, you know, teaching him some fantasy. So, yeah, that's good. right. Start him young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, we had the Colts beat the Steelers. Not much to say there. Steelers are bad. Steelers are really bad. Um, so not a whole lot going on there. Uh, remember, I mean, they're really bad. Yeah, I think, Pete, at one point we did have the conversation of, like, 10-win team, dude. It's going to be it's gonna end up being a 10-win team. And uh, they're not. So uh, they did lose <laughs> Kenny Pickett, who, who would have thought Kenny Pickett, best quarterback in that quarterback room, by a long shot, apparently. Because, like, Mitch is Oh, bad. It's a lo- it is a long shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> my like God, dude. Mitch shouldn't even be on an NFL roster at this point. Like, bad. Mason Rudolph, we're going to find out uh, here on tomorrow, another Saturday game, how bad he is as well. Uh, ass. Ass. That's how bad he is. Uh, and then we get Broncos and Lions, and, like, the way the Broncos have been churning lately, I was like, ooh, this is going to be really interesting for the Lions offense. Like, can they actually get anything going? Yeah, they did. Jerry Goff, five touchdowns. My goodness, dude. That Lions offense woke up again after having a little bit of a rough spat there, um, almost losing to the Bears. They lost to the Packers. They started kind of figuring their thing out. Really good. Really good game from the Detroit Lions offense there. And a good game on their defense, uh, shutting down uh, Russell Wilson and company there. Um, but And I also love that each game now, we just know we're due for one wild Cortland Sutton play. So like, I love that. Yeah, it's... He's having well, a good year. Like, imagine if he had a good quarterback. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, well, speaking of the quarterback, like, the situation, like, Sean Payton, I don't know if you guys, like, saw that. Like, Sean Payton just ripping him. I don't, like, on, like, the red zone, like, situation that they had. Like, Sean Payton just absolutely ripping him. I do give respect to, well, I don't know how I feel because – Part of me is like, I give respect to Russell Wilson because he did not, he wasn't combative back at him. But then part of me wants him to be. He wants me to be like, drop some F-bombs there at Sean Payton and be like, you know what? You can do it. Like, that's what I wanted to kind of see out of him. But I do respect that Russ kept his composure. So I could go either way on it. But now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of wanted him to be pissed. Like, I, I would have rather him been pissed off. Yeah. See, nah, like, I, he sucks. Like, <laughs> like, like, he sucks. So, like, you need to eat your humble pie. You fucking suck. So, like, that's where your coach yells at you, and then you go, yes, sir, and you go sit down. And then, like, it was, it wasn't, I think it was a couple weeks ago, the offensive coordinator was ripping into Wilson. I don't know if you saw that. Like, the guy with, like, the beard and he, the hat, and he always right next to Russell Wilson on the sideline, was laying into him the other week, like, on the bench, just yelling at him. Like, in the, and, like, the camera just didn't pan away. I think there was, like, a play, and they're like, nope, got to watch Russell Wilson getting yelled at by his stepdad. Like, it was freaking <laughs> nuts. Like, he's been yelled at so much. It makes you think about, like, how often Pete Carroll probably wanted to yell at him and just didn't. <laughs> like, honestly. yeah, I mean, the fall off though from Seattle to Denver has been wild for Russell Wilson. Like, how dramatic it's been. Like his playing ability. I think a lot of it had to do with Seattle and Pete Carroll schemes and like how they were kind of able to mask some of the things that Russell was dealing with. Um, by the way, I do feel bad 
when I talked about the Steelers and Indy, I forgot Michael Pittman got rocked. Absolutely oh, yeah. rocked. Not a foul, but not a foul. So. DeMonte Kazi suspended for the season. I say that. That's wow. dumb. Not a foul. Didn't hit wow. him with his head. I love that the mo- like since Brady's retired, him and BK are like this. They're like overlapping oh, yeah. in their thoughts. And like every time Brady has a thought, I'm like, that's something BK would say. That's exactly what I think. And it's so weird because like that's BK's mortal enemy. So like it's like, yeah. man, these two kind of alike. All it took was for Brady to get out of the league to now start talking about his shit. You know what I mean? When he was there, he didn't say nothing. He didn't say not a word. He got that's out, why though. he's a son of a bitch still. Dude, that, he gets, that's why he's still a son of a bitch. He gets out of it and he's like, he, what the fuck, dude? That's not bad. That's perfectly okay, dude. I had Ed Reed hitting me. We'll be all right. And it's like, well. Well, Tom Brady freaking tried to ninja kick Ed Reed one time. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, it's crazy that, like, I, I, I get why Tom Brady didn't say anything during his career because he was, he, was, he was literally profiting from it. His team was doing so well. But it's like, it does suck that, like, it, he, waits, he waits to say stuff after his career. Like, I get it, but it's like, you know, you you were the face of the NFL. You could have said something. Yeah. Like and, and like I I've watched the hit with Demonte Casey. It's Gardner Minshew's fault. Pad. It's Minshew's no, fault. It really is. We like I remember wide receivers used to get mad at their quarterbacks. They're like, why yes. are you hanging out to dry, asshole? Yes. Why did you throw a bad ball? And now we're just like, oh, defenseless receiver, all this other crap. And it's like, Come on, like we used to expect better of our quarterbacks. Yeah, now dude, we have now we have Mitch Trubisky's and Mason Rudolph starting for oh, us. Like, dude, oh how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, NFL dude. quarterbacks, which is like, I do want to talk about that. Like, we'll talk about that like later on before we get into like the picks. But it's like, yeah, yeah, QB playing this year has been wild. I think we've gotten fuck it. Let's just do it now. Watch guys, <sighs> like we had like a golden age of NFL quarterbacks. We really did. Like it was. An amazing time. I mean, like, Aaron Rodgers still playing, but, like, there was Peyton Manning, mm. Drew Brees. I mean, like, even Matt Ryan, not a bad quarterback. I mean, Stafford. Eli Manning, not Stafford. Like, yeah. all these ben. guys that, like, and, and like, and look how Joe Flacco's playing right now. He looks like he's, whew, he looks elite now. <laughs> like, he wasn't that. But, like, I'm saying, like, Joe Flacco looks elite now, but he wasn't elite then. And, like, because that's how that's how bad the quarterback play is now, in my opinion. Like, you have 39-year-old Joe Flacco, who, and love Joe, love January Joe. He's only going to get better as the season goes on because it's just getting into his prime time. Honestly, it's getting into, it's getting into January Joe season. He's just going to get better. It's just, do you think quarterback play has dropped off in the NFL, and they're trying to compensate for it? Um, I mean, I think it has, but I also think that like this year has been weird mm-hmm. in terms of like yeah. just quarterback injuries in general. Um, I just think that's part of it too. Um, yes, there's obviously rules in place that like, you know, obviously f- favor quarterbacks for sure. Um, so I, I agree on that, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, Brady does have a stance. Like I understand like what he's talking about. Like he is right. I mean, he, he is probably right. It's a different age. But, like, when he says, like, oh, yeah, you know, everything's, like, different. Dude, you played last year. It's not different. Like, this yeah. is the same <laughs> NFL. Like, Jesus Christ. The, all of a sudden, football didn't change just because it's been one season. 
Like, it hasn't even been 12 months since you've thrown a football in an NFL game. Like, what are we doing? But, like, does he have, like, a leg to stand on? Absolutely. I mean, the NFL is different. 100%. It's 100% different than, like, when he started. Well, it's because he played for, like, 20-something years. That's why. Um, But, yeah, it's a totally different NFL. And, yes, quarterbacks are bailed out a lot more. They 100% are. I mean, the quarterback play has definitely been down. uh, But I think it also has to do with, like, I mean, there's just been a ton of injuries this year. That's um, yeah. also factored into that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a different NFL. And, yeah, I mean, that hit, um, yeah, that's 100% on Minshew. I mean, he led Pittman like he did, and you can't be doing that. Um, and, again, Minshew, backup quarterback. That's it. Um, so with your, your com- conversation on quarterback play real quick, I want to go into this a little bit. So I do think it is just this year is, is in a bubble right now compared to last year, right? That's, we'll go off of year to year. So last year, Patrick Mahomes f- over 5,200 yards, 41 touchdowns. Herbert had over 4,700 yards, 25 touchdowns. Joe Burrow over 4,400 yards, 35 touchdowns. Josh Allen, 35 touchdowns. Right now, Tua is leading the league in passing yards with 39, 21. We have a couple of games left. I think maybe that would get him mm, maybe around fifth or sixth best last where they would have been last season, right? Compared to the numbers. Touchdown wise, uh, the leading touchdown thrower is Brock Purdy at 29. Uh, he would probably still be somewhere in around the top five passing touchdowns compared to last year. That's probably where he'll end up uh, compared to where his stats are going to be. I do think, though, what happened injuries and just a weird year in statistic. Defenses have played better this year. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a lot of weapons offensively. We've talked about that. It feels like at nauseum every single week we bring up that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. Hey, I I don't think this is it now. I think we're past it now. I think we've reached the point of no return where we can we can definitely say there's an issue. Right? I watched that man look broken. Kadarius Tony broke that man mentally this past week. Broke him, and that was awesome. I was super excited. I was like, look at that. But I do think that, yeah, this year in particular, that's why the MVP talk is so weird. We went from Mahomes to Hurts to Lamar Jackson, back to Mahomes, back to Hurts, Purdy, out of Purdy to Dak, back to Purdy. You can still make the case for Lamar, I think. Um, the, The Niners themselves are trying to make the case for Christian McCaffrey. Tyreek Hill got brought up at some point. That's the thing. It's a weird year, and... It's a, a an award that is so centered on just going to a quarterback, which is why the quarterback play this year is getting critiqued as it is. Because it's like, do any of these guys really like deserve an MVP? Like, I could put a lot of holes in a lot of these arguments. You know, if you really were to think about it, you know, the Lamar thing is interesting because Lamar over thirty one hundred yards, seventeen passing touchdowns. But if you were to look at his rushing stats, his rushing stats are really good. Lamar's on pace to become the first quarterback to throw over 3,500 yards and rush over 900 yards. No quarterback's ever done that in a single season. Lamar's right there, could, could do it. Um, you look at, like, Sam Howell is seventh in yards, everybody. Seventh in yards. Where is Mahomes? He's at four. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 9. Jordan Love, 10. Matthew Stafford, 12. Herbert, 14. Just got hurt. Derek Carr, how awful he's been. 16th. Joshua Dobbs, 21st. Carter Menchu, 19th. Like, it's just been such a poor year. Um, Obviously, the injuries as well. But, like, 
you know, because Kirk Cousins was having a really good year. Joe Burrow was turning it on at the right time. It felt like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Baker Mayfield, what a year. We're going to get to his game against Green Bay, but like, I just think this is such a weird year. A lot of injuries and a lot of um, poor quarterback play still has occurred. That is true. I just, I don't know if it means we're out of a golden era or not. I don't know like what that means for the future. Because I mean, I'm still looking at it as saying Mahomes, Hurts, Lamar, Burrow, Herbert, Josh Allen. Like, it feels like we're going to be okay in terms of quarterback play moving forward. But like, it is definitely a down year. Definitely, definitely a down year. I mean, you know, Tua Tagovailoa is leading the league. It's a, it's a down year. Yeah, well, and it's the Dolphins literally just – it looked like they couldn't swim at all without Tyreek Hill. I, like, that offense looked inept. Like, they mm-hmm. could not do anything without Tyreek Hill. And so, I don't know. Honestly, if the MVP isn't Tyreek Hill or Christian McCaffrey, I think we should all just riot. I, I, it just, <laughs> it's just crazy because – the 49ers wouldn't be anything without McCaffrey. Just like they, they literally gave, they traded us so much for him. Yeah. And it's absolutely 100% work. He's changed that offense. Like Brock, and I'm not trying to hate on Brock, but like Brock Purdy hasn't changed that offense. Tua hasn't changed the Finns' offense. McCaffrey has changed the 49ers' offense completely. Tyreek Hill has changed the Dolphins' offense completely. So, like, that's why, like, those you you have to throw those quarterbacks out in my well, opinion. I also think I of it think this it way. Happen, but. I think you look at it this way too. If you're to take Brock Purdy and put him in New England, is New England that much better right now? No. If I were to take Lamar Jackson and put Lamar Jackson in New England right now, New England's a lot better. Right? So the valuable thing is what comes into play here. I'm so interested on what's going to happen. Like, I literally think last week I was sitting there at sick to my stomach because I'm like, oh, my God, dude, we're going to get Dak Prescott as the MVP. Like, this is so shitty. And then a week removed, never mind, dude. He's out of that one. Peace out. Like, you're not going to get Hurts. You're not going to get Mahomes. You're not going to get Dak. It's going to come down to, I don't know. It's weird, dude. It's real weird. Real, real weird. So, there we go. Um, Let's get to Sunday football. Let's do it. Panthers beat Atlanta. Four carries for B. John Robinson. Seven total targets to Pitts in London. Arthur Smith is a terrorist. He's a terrorist to fun. Wow. wow. Terrorist um, to fun, dude. That was an ugly game. Um, mostly because, yeah, Atlanta and Carolina played, but and bad weather. Um, yeah, the weather looked terrible. Looked oh man, terrible it, just raining so much here. That was just rain the whole time. It looked. It looked really bad. You know, you thought, you know, maybe like your first round running back would get the ball then. You think. Um they I used to. I I don't understand the Desmond Renner thing. Like I, I know that they're turning to Heineke now. Um, but I just I just didn't get it. Like yeah. I didn't get it. Like not not comparing, trust I'm not trying to do this, but like I just didn't get it. Like, was it like a Brock Purdy, like Desmond Renner thing? Like where they were just like, oh, just like manage the game. Like that's that's all you got to do. We have all these weapons. But then Arthur Smith's like the guy just like fumbles all this great talent that he has around him. Like that's literally what he's done. Because uh, they do have explosive weapons, and he just can't figure it out. So that's another guy. If they don't make the playoffs, especially with – I mean, it's not looking great for him. Um, I mean, in a weak NFC, if you really – especially – well, the tail end for sure. Um, if you can't make the playoffs this year, like that's rough. Um they do have to think about, is Arthur Smith got to go? 
And usually I like to give coaches a couple of years. I, I think this is the end of year two, but I don't know. I mean, it, even if they have like a quarterback that like, you know, I, I know that it's been talks about if the bears do trade fields, um, you know, if they do get the first overall pick, if he goes to Atlanta, how is he going to mess up Justin Fields? Like that's, oh, yeah. I, I mean, how is that going to be underutilized? Like, I mean, and the, the reason he got the job is because he was Tennessee's offense coordinator. I mean, there wasn't much complications to their offense. It was get Derrick Henry the ball. Like you would think if he had better weapons, which he does in Atlanta, he would be like, oh, let's get our good players the ball. Let's do that. That'll work. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand. But, hey, shout out to the Panthers, though, for winning a game and not scoring a touchdown. That's Great another job. thing real quick. Arthur Smith, hey, thanks a lot, asshole. You, all you had to do is beat the worst team in the NFL, and Bears could about had this first pick locked. Now I got to sweat another week at least. It's so stupid. That is like how you called Arthur Smith a terrorist of fun. He is, dude. I yeah. literally can't stand him. I hate him as a head of head coach. I cannot stand him. You do not deserve to coach that much talent and just fuck it up. You just don't. Rough, yeah, it's rough. That, that is. I well, mean, he makes Kyle Pitts look bad. It's like, dude, when Kyle Pitts is actually being utilized, like you see the value in Kyle Pitts. You know, you literally drafted a running back in like the top eight, and you're just like, hey, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Which it doesn't make any sense. Like as P two was saying, like where he came from Tennessee, where it's like, hey, you know, run two tight end sets. Yeah. Give Derrick Henry ball, and so like you could maybe not two tight end sets like in Atlanta, but like definitely <laughs> like have Kyle Pitts on the field, have him actually blocking. Like you literally blocking, have like, Pitts and Johnny Smith. Like what are you doing? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I I I have no words for Atlanta because I I don't know, I didn't, I didn't expect him to be great, but like I didn't expect him to be this. I expected him to lose to the doo doo Panthers. The Panthers suck. Let's see. Like, we weren't sure if Atlanta was going to be good, but we thought they'd be fun, right? Like, with the yeah. weapons, like, you think they'd play, like, some entertaining games, but they are just... I believe ugh. Atlanta has lost to every team that's eliminated from the playoffs right now. Yeah. Nice. So, so, so does Smith wild. get fired? Well, he should. Because he gets fired at the end of the year. We should. I would I love know. that for the, my rest of my fantasy time. Does he get fired and Brandon Staley is hired? Hell oh my yeah. God, yes. Dude. Yes. <laughs> yes. Speaking Absolutely. into existence. Yes. Trade places. Arthur Smith to the Chargers. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. David, David's listening to this, and he's just like, why? Why are you doing that to my boy? Why are you doing that to my boy? <laughs> I'd be upset, dude. That'd be I crazy. Be upset. Um, speaking of crazy. Baker Mayfield, 158.3 passer rating this past weekend. Uh, Matt LaFleur hands, uh, Tampa hands Matt LaFleur his second December loss in a row. Pete, Joe Barry, gotta go, my friend, gotta go. Joe Barry fucking stinks. Is he a terrorism of fun? I think he's a terrorism of fun, too. Oh, absolutely. I don't swear on this podcast, but when we talk about Joe Barry... Fuck Joe Barry. My right. dad. He my dad absolutely. right now. 
I want you to know, Mr. Ebner right now, his jaw just dropped and was like probably so excited that he just heard Pete drop an F-bomb. He's got to be so excited right now. Yes, Derek Carr interception. Yes. Um, Sorry, it's for my bet. Um, But, uh, no, Joe Barry, like the amount of talent that the Packers actually have on defense, for this defense to be as bad as it is, is unbelievable. For Baker Mayfield to have the second perfect passer rating ever at Lambeau Field and to be the first one to do it as a road player is absolutely insane. Baker's passer rating was not really even close to 100 based on the last six games that he played. Like, makes no sense. And also, shout out to Joe Barry, the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, the back-to-back weeks against the Packers. Tommy fucking DeVito and Baker Mayfield. Way to go, Joe Barry. (laughs) Way to go, you dumbass. Like, it's not that hard to figure out. It can't be that hard. The Giants have no weapons. And the Bucs, like, literally just put it in front. Like, oh, my God. Like, when it was, like, they had second and 25 after there was a, like, sack that the Packers had or there was some kind of penalty, he plays 30 yards off and gives them 23 yards of coverage. Like, just like, you know what? Come on. Come on. You can do it. Unbelievable. Um, So the way I look at this season right now, I went into the season as a Packer fan. I was like, I just want Jordan Love to look fine. Everything else, we'll figure it out. It's a retool year. I know that's what it is. They're a super young team. That's what it's going to be. Jordan Love's look great. I'm fine with Jordan Love. I think the offense is going to be fine. They got some young offensive weapons. I think that they'll be fine down the road. This year, not probably so much. Defensively, good Lord. Like, Joe Barry just has to go. Um, And I look at this weekend as a win-win to me. Because it's either the Pack. I mean, we'll get into the picks. Either the Packers beat the worst team in the NFL, which is the Carolina Panthers, or they lose that game in no way in hell. Is Joe Barry going to have a job on Christmas Day? So I <laughs> I might get a Christmas gift from the Green Bay Packers where Joe Barry, guess what? You're not on the plane to, from Charlotte back home to Green Bay. You're going to have to find your own way home. That's what you're going to have to find. So either way, I'm looking at that as a win. Um, but there's no other words to say about Joe Barry. Like, I, I mean, I – one of the like old Packer like quarterbacks who BK knows, Kurt Benkert. Um, yeah. Like I listen to a lot of like his stuff. He goes over like different like schemes or whatever because uh, you know he's played in the NFL for a few years. Like it's really like knowledgeable stuff of what he goes over with. And he was saying for Joe Barry, it's like Joe seems like he really schemes everything up like. Monday through Saturday, and then once game day hits and he has to call plays, he just sucks at it. And maybe he's just good at, like, game planning and then just not executing the game plan whatsoever. So that's what it must be. I don't know, but it's not coming through for the Packers defense, which has been atrocious. And I'm just sick of it. Um, They keep drafting there. I feel like they have good guys, but they're just put in terrible positions. So, um, yeah, it's, it's time for a change. Um, and if there's not a change at the defense coordinator, um, as much as I actually do like Matt LaFleur, um, his job might be 
on the hot hot seat. If if Joe Barry is the defense coordinator next year, which I don't think he will. I think the Packers will let him go. There's no point, I feel like, in letting go your defense coordinator right now. you got three games left. How much of their scheme is going to really change? But, um, yeah, he's he's awful. He's awful. All right, my Ben session's over. Kyron Williams, touchdown, Rams. God! I did not need that. Uh, the worst. I didn't yeah. either. I'm already eliminated. What was the point of that? I didn't need that at all. Um, anyways, uh, speaking of the Saints. Going against them in fantasy. So, yeah. you know. Same. Uh, Sucks. Speaking of the Saints uh, and how inept they are against the Rams, they weren't inept against the G-Men. Definitely took care of business against the Giants. I saw all the little Tommy DeVito, Paisano signs. They were throwing up on the defense. Good good on them. Uh, we'll see how the Giants do this week. Chiefs get it done versus the Patriots. I think I can speak on behalf of everybody when I say I still don't like the Chiefs moving forward in the AFC right now. I just don't. Don't know. Don't like them. Don't feel good about them because they they were struggling here a little bit against the Patriots. And Travis Kelsey looks kind of old, everybody. Looks kind of old. I don't know if it's the Cinnabons he's eating before the game that Taylor Swift's giving him, apparently. But he looks kind of old. Just letting everybody know. He has slowed down a lot. Let's, I don't disagree, but it's like he didn't look slow at the beginning of the year, so I he he's just got it's it's got to be like an age thing. Like you're I right, the weapons there are just bad. Mm-hmm. They're bad, and honestly, the KC defense hit and hit or miss. Like they can be really good. Sometimes they're just just bad. Just not. I don't know. Not impressed. I was I was a year too early on my KC hate. It sucks. But, you were, hey, you know, you were. whatever. Does happen though. But, yeah. but I mean, you did predict them to go to last. We so, did. I mean, that was kind of wild. But hey, I mean, you were, you were early about the the downfall, like because they're not the same. They're not the same team. But of course, you know, we could be having this conversation a month from now, and then Kansas City looks great, and we could all just look stupid. I mean, that could that could happen. Oh yeah. Oh hey, Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. Well, ESPN are is still on Mahomes' dick. Like they ran the simulation. They're like, yeah, oh, you know, like the Chiefs. You know, they're in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, Chiefs go make it all the way to yeah. the Super Bowl. Upset the Ravens. Oh, yeah, they beat the 49ers. Super Bowl wins. And it's like, no, nope. I don't I think just, anyone sees that happening. What kind of simulations were they using? I don't know. I don't know. And back to I mean, Ryan, like with your Kelsey thing, I do like. I, I think I've said this in the pocket. I think Kelsey's done after this year. I really do. I there's. I think he might be done. I think he might be done. I, I would not be surprised Kelsey's done after this year. I'm upset that the one time I get the Mahomes-Kelsey combination in a fantasy football league, and it's this. You know? This year. Like, yeah. now, what's crazy, what is crazy, is up until this past week, Kelsey was still the number one tight end in points. He was. It's just it like, it's yeah. just, it wasn't the number, like his numbers that we were used to, right? And then Sam Laporta showed up this yeah. past weekend and shit all over that. So yeah. that's done. Sam Laporta might have the greatest rookie tight end season of all time. He's on the cusp of that. Um, so I remember everybody, draft Iowa tight ends. Just remember. Always draft Iowa yeah. tight ends. Oh, yeah. A- absolutely. Yeah, they, they can do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, could be the end. Could be the end. Could be. And it's but, gonna be real interesting what the Chiefs do in the offseason as well with that offense because yeah, no. I mean, yeah, if it is very ironic that Matt Nagy takes over as the offensive coordinator 
this is what happens. But Mahomes also really just doesn't have weapons. It is yeah. bad. Well, it's funny that we're talking about like the lack of weapons or whatever you know that Mahomes has, and like if his receivers catch three or four different passes throughout the year, they're like what they would be eleven and like what eleven and three. 11 and 3, yeah. maybe 12 and, you know, um, oh God, 12 and 2. I mean, that's what they might be right now if they caught like two or three of those easy catches. I mean, so. They it's, lead it's the league like in drops. It. 26 yeah. drops. Do you know who's the least amount of drops? San Francisco with six. And they had six drops like three weeks ago. It's crazy. Jesus. So if you're the Chiefs, you gotta do you, do you try to trade up and just go balls deep for Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, there's a lot of receiver talent in this draft, right? I mean, there is a lot. Yeah. You're gonna have Marvin Harrison Jr. Obviously, stud. You're gonna have Keon Coleman out of Florida State. You got the Romeo uh, from Washington. Uh, oh yeah. Um, from Ohio State yeah. as well. Um, another uh, uh, Xavier Leggett uh, from uh, South Carolina. You've got the receiver out of Texas. So like, there is going to be if any of us a time that you need a receiver, Kansas City, this might be it. Yeah. But I still think the lack of a veteran go-to presence for Mahomes on the outside has been huge for him, and that's no. been part of the. I mean, and there's I mean there's okay free agent receivers. I mean a guy maybe to look at, T Higgins. You know, yeah. T. Higgins leaves Cincinnati. I mean, you, you would think he probably wants a big contract, but I don't know. I mean, a receiver like that in Kansas City, um, 1B, you know, type of receiver. So, I don't know. Maybe they just get Allen Robinson, dude. And Allen Robinson finally gets a quarterback. You know what I mean? Poor guy got stuck with Mitch Trubisky again. Tough, dude. Tough to bring <laughs> Allen Robinson, dude. What a guy. Um Miami, without Hill, they still get it done against the Jets, and then we had the whole thing with the Jets this week. Aaron Rodgers is not going to play this year. Um, I did see the thing that they took a guy, they released a guy, a fullback, I believe, right, to make room for Rodgers, but yeah. they did get him back, though, apparently. Apparently, they did bring yeah. him back in, so that's good. So they got a lot of flack for that, like, real fast. They're like, then why would you even activate Rodgers, dude? You know what I mean? Like, what was the point of this? Like, you know, but it's fine, dude. It's, it's- so he could practice and get his rehab in. I know, dude. It's all about him. I know. I know. I know how this works. I get it, dude. I get it. But yeah, right, man. you know, it, it's kind of crazy. We said the same thing, though, weeks ago, right? We said we're like, this Jets team's not going to be in the playoff contention. Like, there's no reason for him to do that, to come back. And here we are. Yeah. He's not going to come back. So, Well, it's I, feel stupid. Like he, I feel like he would have tried to come back. I mean, he, if like, Oh, if they if were in, like, contention? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But yeah. it's like, I, the writing was on the wall, dude. That team's bad, you know? I also yeah. really love the young wide receivers this year that are just upset because their teams are bad. The Garrett Wilsons, the George Pickens. Um, hey, man, you haven't gotten through five years in the league yet. Let's relax a little bit. Let's relax. No, uh, completely, like, prima donnas. And it's because, yeah. like, this past happy league, I feel like George Pickens not blocking on that What like, was that? That's... I, I don't I don't know if he makes it to next year, like because that's not gonna fly with Tomlin. Tomlin's gonna be like, <laughs> it's just like you'll have a real come to Jesus meeting with Tomlin there. Like I I'm sure that Tomlin like we saw like Peyton yelling at Wilson. Like I guarantee you, just Tomlin was just ripping into Pickens. 
Where and he said like, oh yeah, I just didn't want to get rolled up on. Like, that's not an excuse. Nope. You're a pussy. Yep. But um, this Jess team, and I, I think I was texting you about it. Like, there's there's too many pieces. They're too many pieces away from like I, I don't even think they can contend for a Super Bowl next year. There's just now. That line you is one really good bad. Piece of, like the line's bad. You only have one really good wide receiver set, Garrett Garrett Wilson. But who are the other targets? Nobody, nobody, zero, zero people. So I, I don't know. And then what worries me about Aaron Rodgers, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to talk shit about him, P2. Know you love him. Got your Super Bowl ring. Uh, you can say I, I'm just worried about him coming back from this injury and, like, how yeah. he'll look as yep. will he look like Rodgers. Because he was always – not that he was the most mobile, but he was very kind of, like, nimble in the pocket. Mm-hmm. He had very good pocket presence. He could move around. And he's all – and you they've, they've done all the well, Sunday night football clips, Monday night football clips of him. He's always kind of, like, dancing his feet around, jumping in the air, making those throws. Will he be able to make those same throws – and play and play Rogers football after this injury. I don't know. I'm worried about that. If him yep. being like Aaron Rodgers, or if we're gonna get like a Peyton Manning situation after he had the neck surgery, and where it's just like yikes, um, it was just like the big fall off, or like if just Rodgers have like a Russell Wilson fall off. Yeah. Um. I mean. You saw the downturn. I mean, he had, you know, injuries in Green Bay this past year anyway, um, you know, before playing with the Jets. But, like, I mean, this this is what you do when you're a franchise that's looking to make a splash for a quarterback that's almost 40 years old. Um, you have to have a solid team around him. And the Bucks did a great job when Brady went there solidifying that offensive line and making sure that he had weapons around him. Um, Because, I mean, that team was literally a quarterback away. Um, No, I would say this defense is championship caliber probably. 100%. The Jets' defense is. Offense, it's not. Um, There's going to be a lot of moving variables that they're going to have on offense. Um, It helps that you do have Garrett Wilson, but the rest of the team they're really going to have to figure out. And um, I just think it's funny to me, like, going back to, like, the offseason. Like, everybody's talking about Joe Douglas being this great GM. Well, here we go. Time to figure it out, Joe Douglas. Time to figure it out because you're supposed to be this accolade great GM. Um, you know, after basically the Packers were like, you know, for them trading Rodgers, like Gouda Kunz was looked like an idiot. How does he look now? How does he look now from seems like he drafted pretty well this past year. So I don't know. That's my thing. We'll see what Joe Douglas does. Because it's a lot of put up and shut up next year uh, there for this Jets team. And it is probably, and, and Salah got lucky this year that they're probably not going to fire him because of the Rodgers injury. Because this team has not looked good whatsoever. And this is what happens when you have Zach Wilson. You basically drafted him a couple of years ago. You still have him on your roster. And then you throw him right to the Wolves. And you didn't really trust the kid. Like, you should have just moved on and brought in a suitable backup so a situation like this, you know, wouldn't happen. But, again, we'll see what the Jets do. But, um, yeah, that was terrible effort uh, against Miami. That was not a good game. Speaking of terrible effort, Bears having fourth quarter leads. 
Not great, everybody. Not great. 13 points unanswered there to the Browns. Very late. Uh, all occurring there. Very, very late. Um, I will say that, like, okay, cool. We can all, like, all the Bears fans, we can all just relax now. Okay? There was a sprinkle of hope. There was just a small smidge of a, of a schedule. We knew this Browns game would probably be the most difficult one left on the schedule besides Green Bay. Um, when we looked at the last four or five games, and it was. I mean, Browns defense, especially at home, is very, very good. Uh, Justin struggled against this defense, which you kind of knew that was going to happen. Um, he did look better than he did against against the Browns than he did his first career NFL game, remember, was against the Browns' first career NFL start where that was terrible um he looked better here he had a really cool like when he broke the sack off of like miles garrity like ripped through and he made a huge a cool play that was cool i like that i was like ah, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that can make that so that was dope i think what's gonna be so interesting for the bears is that we have to suffer through a quarterback debate and what the bears will do for another four months and that is gonna be a little tough uh to deal with but Justin struggled here against Cleveland. Kind of expected that. He did have a really good throw to DJ Moore at one point for a touchdown. Um, the two picks, I don't really, I don't really fault Justin for those picks. They're just two Hill Mary throws. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the play call in there, because up until this point, Justin Fields hasn't thrown an interception since like mid-October. Like prior to the injury and everything. Like Justin Fields has been very, very good when it comes to turnovers on the interception term. Um, and again, I'm not really going to hold, I'm not holding the two in those there. DJ, uh, D uh, Mooney, Darnell Mooney. Damn, dude. Fucking A, man. You want to talk about a guy that just looks like he doesn't even care anymore. Like he just knows he's not going to be a bear anymore after this year. My God, that ball, like, and I love it. It's like, Hey, it would have been so much easier if it wasn't falling. Oh, okay. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Literally ball in his hands. Had it. I literally, like, in the, what a moment. I'm literally sitting here watching them and go, holy shit. I go, oh, yes. And they go, oh, no. Like, instantly, dude. Like, oh, my God. I thought we had. It was so cool. Um, th the decision to throw the Hail Mary at the end of the first half, why did we do that? Why don't we just get in field goal position and let Cairo Santos do his thing? You know, that three points mattered, obviously, at the end. They lost by three. Um, just poor decision making um the defense has looked a lot better i will say that right i mean the one play or that throw to amari cooper almost picked whatever um tyreek stevenson was all over the ball this uh this past weekend bears lead or i think now they're second after the monday night game sunday night and monday night game bears are second in the league now with 18 interceptions they've scored 13 total points off those inter 18 interceptions everybody i don't know what you know what that means but it's not good <laughs> it's not good the way that Pete as discussing uh, Joe Barry is how I feel about Luke Getze. So awful, dude. Awful. Terrible coordinator here for the Bears. Just not good. Um, I think that if the Bears really want, I don't care what they do. I don't think I don't care if the Bears decide they want to stick with Fields. They want to go with Caleb Williams or Drake May. You have to get a new offense coordinator in here. You know, I think Matt Eberflus and what he's been able to do with the defense probably saved his job, which is wild, you know, because I was really hoping he was gone too, but I don't think he's going to be. Um, but you definitely need a new offense coordinator in here, um, 100%. I mean, I can't trust Luke Getze with either the either rookie quarterback or Justin Fields at this point. Um, whatever the Bears decide to do is going to be crazy. It's going to be weird. It's, I don't know. Um, 
I don't. It, it is what it is at this point. Uh, Justin has shown some growth. I think you have to decide. You know, I know like from the outside looking in, I think for a lot of people, it is the Bears would be kind of crazy to not draft the quarterback and reset the the quarterback thing. But I think Peter King was so was right on it when he said like they have other needs that just putting in a Caleb Williams isn't going to fix this. Like you're basically just throwing Caleb Williams into the same situation. Right, like, how much better is Caleb Williams than Justin Fields right now? I don't know. We don't know. We truly don't know. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I listen to like a lot of the the uh, national media people that are talking about because all these sees Justin Fields and they're like, nah, he's not progressing enough, or there's this and that. And it's like, I don't. The Bears are not a position where they're. Uh, we just talked about the Jets being a quarterback away or whatever, right? Like. The Bears aren't a quarterback away. Bears have a lot of other needs still. So, like, if you get that first pick, it's going to be so hard not to flip that pick again and just continue to get assets to fix this team. Um, I think what you're seeing from a lot of teams this year, let's talk about the the, the big teams, right, the Niners, the Ravens, um, even the Cowboys. Like, they have a really good pass rush, really, really good pass rush. And I think that just goes to show that building that pass rush, whether it be through – the draft through free agency is really important and the bears are working on that. And I just think that they have so many more needs than just this, but the way this team plays not well coached, lack the discipline there at the end of the game, bad play calling towards the end of the game and in really key situations. So, uh, and then obviously, like I said, Darnell Mooney dropping the winning touchdowns, just wild. I mean, like what a bears moment, you know what I mean? Just like a, it, it was either going to be the ultimate Browns moment or the ultimate Bears moment, and it was a Bears moment, everybody. So, but like, man, I would have liked it more if it just didn't even have a chance, you know, to like get caught. The fact that it's in his hands, he hits the ground and it just pops out. I get that. Made it so much worse for me, where I was so upset. Um, but yeah, there we go, dude. Uh, oh. I think the Bears technically still have a chance to make the playoffs. They're not eliminated, but they're all but eliminated. Because it's the NFC. NFC, baby. Yeah, but um, P two like two questions for you. One, how is Browns Nation? Oh. Actually, I got three questions for you. How's Browns Nation feeling after that? How's Browns Nation feel about January Joe Flacco? Three, does David Njoku owe his next paycheck to Joe Flacco? Um, first part, Browns fans feel frisky, feeling frisky. Um, now that they're at quarterback number four and they're nine and five, so they're feeling a little frisky. I know that. Um, how do they feel about Joe Flacco? Oh, they absolutely love him. Oh, they absolutely love him. Um, they absolutely love Joe Flacco. Um, yeah, Flacco, I mean, did not look great in this game until the end. Um, until the end, he looked That's, really good. Yeah. Um, but going back to the first point, though, for the Browns' like perspective, the thing that's scary for the Browns is, like, they're depending too much on Joe. Like, the passing game, yes, has done well the last few weeks. They can outrun the ball. And I think it has a lot to do with the offensive line injuries. Um, they're on to their, like, third left tackle. Uh, their second, like, left guard. Um, their center got hurt in the game. They had a backup right guard and a backup right tackle in. So, like, it's showing from their perspective, the offensive line. And the continuity is not there right now. And they're still winning games, which is crazy. It's mostly due to their defense. Um, their defense has, you know, obviously played great. 
um, here, especially at home. Um, but for the third part, um, what was the third question for the, the Browns? Uh, does David Njoku uh, owe his next game check to uh, to uh, Joe Flacco? Oh, 100%. Yes, 100% agree with that. Like, Joe is going back there, and his almost first read is Njoku. Like, his first – he loves him some David Njoku, which, like, Njoku, like, makes the most difficult catches, and the easy ones he drops. So um, – but it's it's great watching, like, BK. I can see why you love Flacco. Like, unbelievable. That spiral, holy crap. It's just still pretty. He still can sling it um, at his old age. That beautiful spiral he's got, even in that cold Cleveland wind here this past Sunday, it's just going right through it. Um, and it was funny because, like, I feel like Brown's, like, uh, social media is, like, even, like, into this in terms of, like, they know that Joe Flacco, like, owns that stadium. They just know that he already owns that stadium. So I think they might have said, like, you know, doesn't lose here much or whatever it was because, yeah, he has it. Um, but, no, Brown – Browns fans are feeling frisky because, like, they're playing with house money now. I mean, because you think you're you're down your fourth quarterback. You probably shouldn't be here. So, hey, make the playoffs, and I don't know. It's been a weird NFL season. Maybe weird stuff happens. Maybe they win a game or two. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Texans went a wild one in OT against the Titans. Didn't feel like either team really wanted to secure the win here. Um, but Texans do get it done there with uh, Case Keenum. There you go. Uh, um, Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers absolutely go off uh, against the Cardinals. That was cool. Um, you know, uh, for somebody that was going against Christian McCaffrey in fantasy football, sweet. Super sweet, dude. Um, that was cool. Uh, but the 49ers, very good. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, this is the game, though. Buffalo blows out the Dallas Cowboys, and the Dallas is back stuff stops after one week, everybody. One week it has stopped. Um, Buffalo is hot right now. Hot, 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 hot. Uh, the weather was pretty shitty, I guess, in, in Buffalo at that time as well. But BK and Pete, you both have uh, have told me at multiple times that you wouldn't want to play Buffalo in January, and I think... That remains true. Right now, Buffalo is the nine seed in the AFC. Still on the outside looking in. But I think other teams will drop. But my goodness, what a statement game against Dallas. BK, I'll go to you first. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's because, and I, and I said it in our sports bot chat, they're looking dangerous because they're running the football. It's, it's, they finally just put a running game together. We've been talking about it for years where it's just like, hey, you know, if the Bills actually just had, like, a balanced offensive attack, like, this could be, like, a really good offense. And so, like, you saw them just, like, feeding James Cook on the regular. They're like, here you go, buddy. And, like, they even, like they're having, like, smarter designed runs for Josh Allen as well. Like, where they're, they're using them, like, all right, like, use them on the, like, third and shorts and stuff like that because that's not really James Cook's specialty. But it's just, if they, if they continue to do this, they're going to be dangerous. Uh, they're they're going to be scary. Um, now, like, they have to keep this up for multiple games. There's only been two. We're not at a trend yet. Give me three games. We'll call it a trend. That's just math. Um, but what do you think, P2? Buffalo's terrifying. Um, Buffalo, Buffalo's going to be terrifying 
going into, I think, the playoffs. Uh, from the perspective of, I mean, yes, they, they still have an outside shot um, here on the division, which is crazy to even think about. Um, but, yes, they do have an outside chance of this. But to me, Buffalo, it's going to be almost better for them in terms of, like, they're not going to be one of the top seeds. And you don't feel, I think, as much pressure um, there for Buffalo. Um, but, I mean, they're still super talented. Um, there's, I mean, in – like they, pl- I mean, they should have probably at least a three-game winning streak. They played super t- tough against Philly and should have won that overtime game. Yeah. Um, so they've been playing well for the last few weeks. And yes, I mean, the big thing is the running game. Um, so they're able to run them. I mean, they were able to win a game against Dallas and blow them out. And Josh Allen had 94 passing yards. Like that's crazy. Like there is no way we would have said that in September for them to win a game. Um, we would have said. Oh, Josh Allen is 94 passing yards. Like, what did he get hurt? Or did they get killed? Because that's what would have been one of the two. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Bills are looking great right now. And this just proves Dallas can't win on the road. So, more likely than not, I don't know. Well, still, the division's up for grabs. But if they do not win a division, just think about this when they have to play some terrible NFC, NFC South team that wins that division. Just think about this moment. Dallas can't win on the road. They just can't. They just can't do it. Also, if there's weather, if there's weather, they're done. I do think, yeah, Dallas at home is averaging like 42 point something points a game. And on the road, they're averaging like maybe 22 points a game. Wild. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wild. Um, Rams get it done against the Commanders. That was a close one, but they get it done. And then we got BK's Ravens continue to fly high as they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, did you guys all see the the how in their first however like forty eight games how similar Trevor Lawrence's stats and Daniel Jones' stats are? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, the Trevor Lawrence thing is very interesting. I know everybody gives him the benefit of the doubt year one because of Urban Meyer, right? I think it's just. That's courteous. We should do that. Um, but, like, something just isn't clicking with this Jags offense this season. Just not clicking at all. But the Ravens, the Ravens are clicking on all cylinders, BK. All cylinders. Yeah. Um, they're looking like a complete football team. Uh, just they can run the ball. They can pass the ball. Obviously, the defense is, like, first or second. They, this is the best pass rush they've had, gosh, probably since the like the 2000, the 2000 Super Bowl winning team. Um, just like I, the pass rush is just incredible. They have some playmakers on the back end. Kyle Hamilton, can't say enough about him. He's all over the field. He doesn't even really play a, a position. He's just like he's a guy. Like like he he's just a guy. It's. He's fun to watch. You called it a long time ago, Ryan. You're like, that guy, stud. So shout out to you. Um, Bummer, uh, this game, two ECU alums go down. Um, Keaton Mitchell, torn ACL. Like, I saw it live, and I was like, season done. It's done. And then, like, my buddy sent me the freeze frame. I was like, looking like an ostrich. That's not good. Humans' knees don't bend that way. Um but he was having a he was having a great game. He was over a hundred combined yards there. So like, that sucks. But honestly, this might sound wrong, but 
Ravens have had trouble keeping running backs healthy, but they still managed to have the best rushing attack in the NFL. So I'm not super worried about it because it's a great scheme because they have this one guy who's really good. His name is Lamarvelous Jackson. He's really good at football because uh, he's a freak athlete. Uh, the other ECU alum that went down in the game real quick, Say Jones, um, oh, yeah. he was looking awful anyways. Just like with that, he was running with like a lineman knee brace on and it just looked weird and just you could tell he wasn't fully healthy and then he like pulled a hammy and he had to like walk away. Like Jack, we'll get into, I'll get into the Jackson in a second, but the Ravens, the Marvelous, wow. Like the one play he had where he ducked, he ducked that, that edge rush there. I don't know how. And then he throws it up to Isaiah Likely, who's, I mean... It was like, hey, make a play on the ball. It was it was a hopeful throw. Like, let's just be honest. But like, hey, but he was on his back foot, got it there, threw it thirty some odd yards after getting out of it. And he and Isaiah likely did a great job of high pointing that football, bringing it down, baby. Ravens are good at drafting tight ends. They can do that. Can't draft a fucking wide receiver to save their life. Well, outside of Zay Flowers, knock on wood. Um, but fuck, Ravens can definitely draft tight ends. Oh my gosh, love it, baby, love it. Um, Jaguars. Travis Etienne, he's looks like he, he he's actually had a pretty good year. It's just been like kind of quiet. I don't know why people more people aren't talking about it, but I think it's also just because maybe because the Jags' offense as a whole mm-hmm. hasn't just been clicking, which is weird for Peterson. I mean, Peterson, that Eagles' offense when he, I mean, he won with Nick Foles as his quarterback in the Super Bowl. That's that's not easy to do. That's something. So the Jags are missing a lot of weapons. Christian Kirk's down. Zay Jones is going to be down. I think Jamal Agnew is going to be their number one wide receiver, which, like, that doesn't make you feel great. And I know Chris Collinsworth loves to talk about Evan Ingram, but, like, Evan Ingram was a first-round draft pick. I think he was, like, like, in the teens to the Giants. Ugh. I don't know. He's never been really anything for me. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't think he's... He's not a tight end. I don't know. He's just, he's like a big wide receiver, but he's not getting wide receiver numbers for you. Um, and honestly, that Jaguars defense, because I, I, I honestly don't think the Ravens offense is like great. I think it's it's good, but it's not great. Ravens won 23 to 7. Ravens are still able to put up 23 points. On the road, primetime football, that's not great. That's not great from a defensive perspective. The the pass rush is great, Josh Allen and company. Like the the first the first the front line of that defense is great. The back end atrocious, 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 atrocious. Jaguars got to draft. They need wide receiver help. They need DB help. They need linebacker help. They just need help, honestly. And may, maybe they could flip Trevor for something. That has to be discussed right now. Because he had some costly turnovers in that game. Like, where one time he just dropped the ball. He was running with it and just dropped it randomly. Like, no one touched him. He was just like, ah, I don't like this. Uh, I don't know. Like, the Jags, they're in a spot. It's, I feel like, not that, like, they're the Bears, but it's like, they're in that spot with the QB where they're, like, they're not sure. And they're... You're trying to become, you know, a playoff contender, if not Super Bowl contender. And so it's like, what do you do with your QB? Or they're in that similar spot. Like, what do what do you do? It can tip either way. So, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Pete. 
Um, really good point with Trevor Lawrence. Um, in terms of so it made me look this up. If Trevor doesn't turn out to be decent, and I know we talked about Justin Fields, um, this might be one of the worst quarterback drafts. Um, yeah. In recent memory, because you got Trevor at number one, Zach Wilson two, Trey Lance three, Justin Fields eleven, Mac Jones at fifteen. That's, that's crazy. Hey, Brock um, Purdy's in there too, right? Um, or is no, he the next Brock year? Rookie last year? No, yeah, Brock was the year after. My bad, my bad. You're right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I still, I think, I still think Trevor and um, Fields will be fine. Uh, I think Trevor's just dealing with a lot of injuries um, and just trying to compensate for him right now. Um, but do I think the jury's still out on him? Yes. Um, it, I mean, it's just tough. I mean, he played Baltimore. But I mean, well, we're gonna say Baltimore is probably one of the top five, top two, three teams in the NFL. I yeah. mean, that's that's what we also have to look at, and also. Their offense the week prior, they played Cleveland's defense in Cleveland, and he was coming off, you know, him being injured. So I'm taking that for what it is. Um, it looks like Trevor's going to miss this week too um, in their game against Tampa. Um, so that's not really going to answer any of our questions that we have about Trevor Lawrence. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jacksonville, they had a, you know, a schedule that was pretty soft, and, you know, they had some losses in there that – you know, games they probably should have won. Um, but, yeah, the I mean, the jury still might be out for Trevor. And it's funny because, you know, they got to think about picking up that option too. Um, and what is that going to look like, you know, for, for them as well? So, um, but, I mean, great win by Baltimore. I mean, going on the road um, in Jacksonville um, on Sunday night, I mean, it was a big win. Big win for them. And obviously setting up the big game uh, that's coming up here this weekend. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Christmas night, what a time. What a time. Yeah. Um, Seattle wins late over Philadelphia, keeping that streak alive against Philly in Seattle. Uh, full disclosure, I did fall asleep in the, before the fourth quarter. I was very tired. Same. And I was out. Same. I, was out I, like guess, yeah. I woke up, and I was like, oh, shit, Seattle won. Look at that. Yeah, I was I like, no way. Yeah, I definitely thought Philly had that in the bag. I, I definitely did. Um, Philly hasn't played that good, guys. Philly and the Chiefs are kind of on the same path for me right now where the Philly, like, should have lost Buffalo, should have lost Kansas City. So, like, even in those wins, they actually weren't really the better team. They just they just pulled them out. Um, I think I shared with you guys earlier in the chat the, like, if everything flipped, like the one possession, you know, one uh, uh, score games flipped, and Philly would be the worst team in the NFL right now, or second to worst team. They'd be five and nine, right behind Pittsburgh and the Giants. So there's that, in case everybody was curious. I, I just I'm not liking wherever this is at. It's also not a great move when you flip defensive coordinators like with three games left in the season. Okay. For Matt Patricia of all people. What are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> Philly looks rough, guys. They do. Uh Jalen Hurts, when he's not doing a tush push, hasn't looked good lately. See, I, was I talking to you about this before the year, Ryan? Where I was like, I, I'm not sold on the Philly offense. I was saying that. I was like, I yeah. think there's gonna there's gonna be a coming back down to earth of that offense. Uh, yeah, I, like I know. I mean, DeAndre Swift has looked great, but I was I just wasn't sold on Hurts yet because I wanted to see him do it multiple years in a row. And I 
I speak from experience because I saw Baltimore with with Lamar have the 13 and three year, then get out in the playoffs first thing, then offense the next year. People figured out what they were doing and they didn't evolve. They didn't evolve. And so that was the problem. And you're seeing the same thing with this Eagles offense. They're trying to do the same things from a year ago. And it's just it's just not working the same. They have to evolve as an offense. For sure. And and also the other point to that is like coaching. Um I mean, Philly lost both their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator before the season started. And both are doing a pretty solid job at their jobs. I mean, Shane Steichen could be up. I mean, he'll be, you know, probably nominated for coach of the year. They're with Indy. He's done a great job there. Um, and then, uh, you know, Gannon's, are, you know, done a pretty good job there with Arizona with the roster that they really had yeah. to be as competitive as they have. Um, and the defense has looked all right, which is, you know, his forte. So, um that's a big part, too. Um, and also, I mean, just things kind of clicked for him last year. Um, and, yeah, you're kind of seeing that where now it's a little bit different when you're the hunted. It's a little different when it's that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, this week, because of Thursday Night Football and we're recording on Thursday, we decided to do things a little bit differently for the Thursday, the AM Nation parlay for the week. Instead, we decided to take the two Saturday games and make one giant parlay for you all to follow or fade higgins four plus catches that's minus 215 the under in the cincy and steeler game at 38 and a half that's minus 110 cincy minus two and a half that's minus 120 then we go to the bills minus six and a half minus 265 james cook anytime touchdown uh, james cook over 71 and a half yards rushing that gets you at plus 1499 everybody i think we got it pete i think we got it and do it nice oh, in the bag. Two. Yeah, and it will count as this two one's weeks. Gonna hit. It'll be like two weeks technically. It counts as a dub because it's two games. So it's like, yeah. Merry Christmas to us. Yeah, Merry Christmas to us indeed. Uh, and then we did something cool as well for the picks this week. We're gonna do eight pickums this week against the spread. Uh, excited for that. Um, as BK said, because of Hanukkah, we're very festive over here at AM Nation Pod. Very, very festive. Um, after last week, the leaders are as such. Petey Tahiti, the new leader after 15 weeks. BK's run has been put on pause as P- Pete leads with 50 points. BK right behind him at 49, nipping at his heels. Nick at 47, right behind them. David at 45, and myself at 39, everybody. Woo! It has not been kindly to the green machine this time around let's begin buffalo minus 12 and a half versus the chargers pete who you got it's so many points right it's so many points new head coach interim head coach in there we saw what it did to the raiders yeah mini bye week mini bye week give me buffalo (laughs) pk but it's a lot of points. Twelve and a half is a lot, but Buffalo, like we're saying, the offense is looking good. They're looking dynamic. They're looking balanced. This is a balanced attack these past couple weeks. And guess what? The Chargers defense isn't going to get any better underneath the interim head coach. It's still shitty. So Buffalo. Oh yeah, I'll take Buffalo as well. No one circles the wagon like Buffalo. Give me Buffalo minus twelve and a half. 
Green Bay versus Carolina. Green Bay favored by four and a half. BK, who you got? Taking Green Bay. Yeah. I I don't know. It's Yeah. It's if they win by a field goal, I'm gonna be mad. I'm gonna be honest with you. Me too. I man. can see it. <laughs> I can see it. He said, Me too, man. <laughs> PD taking Green Bay as well, obviously. Yeah, I'll take Green Bay. I mean, they they should be able to beat Carolina, for God's sakes. Um, but do I feel great about it? Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, you know what? I, I have to do it. I have to do it. Um, I will also take Green Bay. Carolina is not good. They're just not good. Detroit minus three versus Minnesota. This feels weird to me, but I'm going to take Detroit. Uh, I don't care if it's... No, I think it's Jared Hall, right? Isn't Jared Hall supposed to start this week? The rookie at BYU? I think he's supposed to start this week for Minnesota. Not Nick Mullins or what? Joshua Dobbs is what I heard, right? Jared Hall? No? Really? Am I wrong? Um, what? I think you might be wrong. Oh, okay. Uh, I, 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 did see, I did see that, I thought, on Monday on Twitter. But I could have been wrong. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was supposed to be Mullins. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be a starter. Maybe okay, Mullins. it is yeah, Mullins. Mullins. It's Mullins. Oh, well, like I was trying to say, Mullins, Dobbs, Hall, I don't really care. Give me Detroit. That team's rolling right now, dude. And let me tell you, I say this from the bottom of my heart and Pete's heart. Fuck Minnesota. Go ahead, Pete. No other words need to be said. Uh, Detroit. BK. Uh, I'm also going to take Detroit. And also, coincidentally... Minnesota's new flags has Lions colors in it. Go fucking figure. Go Detroit. Oh, the icy Texas flag. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got Lions blue in it. It really does. I'm yeah. not even joking. It's real wow. weird. It's uh, it's real real weird. Now this next icy game, Texas sounds a good one. <sighs> thank you. Uh, this next game, something's got to give here, right? A lot of things here. Dallas is at Miami. Miami is favored by a point and a half. Let me just set this up for you real quick. Miami, very good at home. Very, very good at home. Awful against teams above 500. Dallas, awful on the road, but they are above 500. Weird conundrum we're in. Pete, who are you taking? This is basically almost, well, essentially a pick um, yeah, this is a fraud bowl. Um, so basically, whoever loses this is a fraud. So that's really what this comes down to for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever loses this is a fraud. Um, because, yeah, Miami hasn't beaten the team basically over 500. And uh, Dallas basically cannot travel outside of really Dallas uh, Jerry World. They really can't. Um, so give me Miami. The game's in Miami. Um I feel like I this is really a flip on, but give me Miami in this game. I don't feel great about it. BK? I am taking Dallas because I think Miami's a fraud team. Their strength of victory is fucking awful. I think it's like 381. But yeah. no, like they're, they're, they're the last year's Vikings and Giants, honestly. Uh, especially, is, is Tyreek Hill confirmed playing or not? Yes, he is. I don't know. He is playing. It's confirmed. He's yep. playing? That was okay. today. But 
I'm 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 still taking Dallas just because <clears throat> Miami Miami can't be good teams until they prove it to me. Ali Pro, great, but they haven't beat a good team yet. I respect that. I get it. That's um, a good point. I think we're I think we're in like the same we're in this weird bubble with both these teams, right? Pete basically put it, it is fraud bowl, right? Who's the bigger fraud? We're gonna find out. Um I'm gonna go with Miami because I like Miami's offense at home and how dynamic it's been. Um I also love that every week though, I I could have said this and I didn't think about it till now. That like like to I think yesterday, like on the injury report, it was like the entire offensive line. The yeah. secondary. And I'm like, huh. That's not great. All right. Both running backs are hurt, Raheem and Devin O'Chan. Um I don't know. They'll they'll be all right. I'm gonna take Miami, but like I could I could see it going either way at this point. But I'll take Miami just because I can't take Dallas. Uh Jacksonville at Tampa. I was leaning Jacksonville. And then Pete said Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing. So you give me Mr. Perfect, 158.3, baby. Give me Baker Mayfield, everybody. Who you got, BK? Well, I, I didn't know Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing. So, yeah, I changed my answer real quick upon hearing that information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as Pete give said that Tampa when we were talking back. about the Jags, I was like, oh, that makes this way easier. Now I understand why Tampa was a favorite because I couldn't figure it out. Um, okay. Yeah, so it's likely out. They haven't declared him out. I just want to put that out there. Oh, okay. I'll okay. still take Tampa, though. But also, Ryan, to your point, Vegas definitely doesn't think Trevor's going to play um, based <laughs> on this spread. So, yeah, give me give me Tampa in this game. Tampa's defense, though, is atrocious. Um, they're really bad. Um so there could be a lot of scoring in this game. Um, but, yeah, give me Tampa. Arizona at Chicago. Bears favored by four and a half. I have debated going to this game all week. Um, wow. But it is Christmas Eve, and I think I have, like, family things. And if it was a noon game, I would go. I would go. But it's a 3.30 game yeah. for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Not a great decision, everybody. I feel bad for all of you that are going to watch this on Christmas Eve. Uh, but give me the Bears. Minus four and a half here. Um, but, oh man, it's almost like you kind of want the Bears to lose. Because it like helps out the Carolina pick. But it also like helps the Bears get a better pick. Man, this is tough. I'm going to take the Bears, though. I just think they're better than Arizona right now. Uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Pete, who you got? Um, give me the Bears in this game. Um, I was really hoping it was going to be colder on Sunday um, with Arizona traveling. But, yeah, give me the Bears. Uh, there's not really going to be a time zone thing because they're being in the late kickoff, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, but, yeah, give me the Bears. I, I just – it's outdoors. It's going to be in Chicago. I can see Kyler running for his life. Give me the Bears. BK. I, I think it's going to be the Bears. All right. Bears all around. I think it should go. I, th- I think it should be an Ebner family outing going to the Bears game. I'm like the only Bears no. fan in the family at this point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wow. no, I'm you're, just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. My, <laughs> un- my, just, my uncle, you. my aunt, my grandma, they're all Bears. My cousins, they're all Bears fans. I guess it's just my dad that isn't. So it feels like everybody's not a Bears fan because my dad isn't, I guess. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Giants at Eagles. Eagles fair by 13 and a half. 
God, that feels like a lot of points for a, to go rooting against Tommy DeVito, the Paisano of New York, the Illini legend. Pete, are you taking all those points? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, Tommy DeVito burned me last week. So give me Philly. Um, give me Philly, like the 13 and a half. The reason why is because I think Philly's pass rush. This might be the get right game. Also, Philly's pissed. They're coming off a three-game losing streak here. Philly is absolutely pissed, and the game's at home. Tommy DeVito starts, I think, average like five or six sacks a game. like, And that's against like not great pass rushes. So I'm worried kind of for Tommy DeVito in this game. So give me, give me the Eagles cover the 13 and a half. And this just goes to prove how bad Joe Barry is defensively. Packers had zero sacks against Tommy DeVito. That's the only, last thing I'm going to say about Joe Barry. But, yeah. Um, did you guys see the hit that DeVito took yes, uh, last week and he like has his like flop that he had? So they made him come out of the game for a play because the neuro, the neuroscience is like, something's got to be wrong. Because the way he like fell and like it was so bad. Yeah. I don't know if he was flopping or what. I'm like, I don't know if they could, taught him that down in Champagne Urbana or what, dude. That was hell of a flop, though, buddy. Uh, BK, who you got here? See, this is a tough one. That's a lot of points. The There's Eagles points. haven't scored over 20 points the last three weeks. The Giants have only allowed over 20 points two out of the last four weeks. So, God, I don't... I'll pick the Giants. <laughs> wow. Hey, I won't be by myself because we're going with the Paisano, Tommy oh DeVito. My my, plus 13 and a half. Let me take it, dude. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. And the Eagles just, they're so weird to me, dude. They're so weird. I don't know. You're right. Everything Pete said is correct. This should be an absolute get right game. They should blow the Giants out of the water. But I'm just so scared. And Matt yeah. Patricia is the defensive coordinator right now. And that had me weird for the defense as well. But I'll take the Giants. And then we wrap it up. Monday, Christmas evening. Game of the week. The best team in the NFC versus the best team in the AFC. We've got BK's Baltimore Ravens traveling to Pete's man crush, Kyle Shanahan's 49ers. 49ers favored by five and a half. Now, again, we pick by a spread. So no one has to say that they think San Francisco's going to win. But we'll start with you, BK. San Francisco's going to win. Okay, cool. Without the spread. I'll tell you that. There you go. Get it out of the way. I, I think... I think at minimum they win by seven, but honestly, I, I think San Francisco win by, wins by ten. And, and and if you're the Ravens, you can lose this game because this is a non-conference game. I'd rather lose this game, beat the breaks off the Dolphins next week, so then you have the head-to-head against them, you have the way better conference record, and then you can honestly lose against the Steelers the last week. Lose this game, beat the breaks off the Dolphins, I mean, I did. I mean, I would love to beat the Steelers the last week. You know, it's the Steelers, but that's where my head's at. Pete, it's a good mindset. Um, yeah, give me the Niners um, at home. If this game was in Baltimore, I would rethink this. I honestly would rethink this. But until San Francisco like steers me wrong, um, 
give me the Niners. That team is a wagon, absolute wagon right now. But they did struggle. BK, your glimmer of hope in this game. They did struggle last week. Rush defense against Arizona. Arizona had a lot of rushing yards in that game. Both mobile quarterbacks with Kyler and Lamar. That's just something to look out for in this game. That's all I'm just saying. I think the Niners do win. I think they do cover, but just something to kind of monitor. I think what happens here is going to be a real key is how does Baltimore's pass rush get to Brock Purdy? We've seen it over, yes. especially on that three-game losing streak, when they were making it really difficult for Brock Purdy to do things. I do understand Debo Samuel and Trent Williams are both out, so it's a little bit different, right? Uh, Christian McCaffrey banged up as well. Um, but I do think, I do think that... Uh, I'm going to take Baltimore plus the points here because I just don't see it being like a blowout or like plus or minus 10. Like, uh, like BK said, I don't, man, that I know San Francisco is a juggernaut. I'm going to take Baltimore though. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Baltimore here. Um, and just see how it goes. I'm really excited for this game, dude. Super, super pumped up for this game. Very, very excited. So, there we go. That is our eight pick 'em week for you before the holidays. Um, anything else before we wrap this thing up? No, no. Fantastic. As always, find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's at AM Nation Pod. Hit the follow button on all of those. Listen on podcast platforms such as Spotify and Google Podcasts. Just search Amalgamation Nation. As I mentioned earlier in the show, we have. Uh, gaming episode, a wee episode out, and now a sports episode as well. You can also check out Grace by Rain, friend of the show to Lane's podcast. I just did a Christmas episode with her, so get in the Christmas spirit by listening to that, where you find AM Nation Pod. Twitch.tv slash Undead Black Bulls, where you find David. You give him a follow and a sub. Amazon Prime members get a free Twitch gaming sub a month, so give it to Undead Black Bull. And of course, help support the show when you're playing Fortnite by using the Epic Games content creator code AM Nation Pod. Until next time, everybody, have a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, and you stay breezy.